Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, hey, good morning. Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's Buzz. Kevin, how are we doing? Hey, good morning, but I'm kind of dizzy. It's a great Monday, but um, like, you know, Christmas and New Year's, it was like in the 60s around here. And then the day after New Year, it dropped down to the teens, got eight inches of snow. And then we got more snow at the end of the week. And and now all the snow is gone, but you wouldn't know. You know what snow is? I'm just wondering. <laughs> I, need some, I need some flash cards. Because, no, I hadn't seen snow in a long time, thankfully. But, uh, but you know what I'm real thankful for as well is, uh, Kevin, you broke out your, your superhero cape uh, today once again. Uh, Greg White, we had a little snafu, no emergencies, but he had something he had to take care of it last minute this morning. So Kevin is subbing in for the one and only Greg White. The one and only Kevin L. Jackson. So welcome to the buzz. Kevin, know, today. Shoe, the, the shoes are kind of big. I was just looking. <laughs> uh, trying to fit in, man. Just trying to fit in. <laughs> well, always a pleasure to collaborate with the one and only Kevin L. Jackson. Now, today, folks, it's the Supply Chain Buzz. It's all about uh, some of the leading news of the day. We come live to you every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time. Uh, today, we're going to be touching on a variety of topics. Uh, manufacturing is going to be a big theme today. Um, but beyond what we share with you, we want to hear your take. You know, what's your take on some of these things we're going to be talking about? We're going to be sharing as much as we can throughout today's session. Uh, before I hit some programming notes, Kevin, did you eat your Wheaties this morning? Are you ready to go and, and tackle some of the news of the day? Yep, I did. I did three push-ups. That was my record. <laughs> well you beat me by three so uh <laughs> all right well good good good. Uh, good always good to hear that kevin is ready to go let's tackle a couple of uh programming notes here um this week folks this week we've got a free webinar on january 13th special time that's thursday at 3 p.m eastern time we're going to be welcoming in daniel with optimus and david with tools group as we talk about practical strategies for adapting to demand and supply uncertainty. Now, Kevin, there's plenty, too much uncertainty across industry right now, right? Well, you know what? Uncertainty provides that opportunity for innovation and leaders jump up when there is opportunity. So, you That's know, right. it, it's, uh, I think this would be a, a great webinar for people that plan or, or are leaders in, in their field because you can understand how things are changing um, and what uncertainty you have to deal with and target for your innovation. Agreed. Well put. I like the optimistic uh, spin <laughs> that we're hearing from Kevin L. Jackson today. But folks, join us special time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, January 13th, uh, and you can sign up uh, via the link on the show notes. But that's just one of new, uh, really a number of learning opportunities next week. We bring in Jeremy Bodenhammer with Shiphawk. Uh, he's going to be talking Adapt or Die, Your Survival Guide to Modern Warehouse Automation. That's the 18th at 
back at our normal time, our 12 noon Eastern time. So pack a sandwich and join us for what promises to be a great, very practical conversation, really two practical conversations. Kevin, you walked into a modern day warehouse and seen all the magic that they pull off these days? You know, the magic is that there are no people. I mean, it's like all the people disappear. Um, they're up behind these glasses, you know, uh, big glasses, you know, see-through glasses. You can't see anybody behind them and these robots running around everywhere. Um, and, and the computer vision actually just wrote an article about how computer vision is really um, uh, revolutionizing the whole uh, pick and pack process uh, in, in, in warehousing. So, uh, and they're, they're comparing or uh, also looking at the few humans that are there to ensure that they are following the standard operating procedures because the uh, manufacturers have so much risk when the humans don't do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> wow. We, and, and, and of course, mitigating, navigating through, having that, that, that successful risk strategy is a big part of the modern global uh, business era. So, hey, join us next, that's next week, the 18th at 12 noon Eastern time for what promises to be. I've been prepping with Jeremy. I've, got, I've, I've been able to sit on a couple panels with Jeremy. He is a dynamo, folks, so don't miss the January 18th event. Again, the link is in the show notes. Now, one more quick heads up. Uh, we have recently confirmed that we're going to be out in Vegas, uh, Vegas assuming baby. everything kind of Vegas, baby, <laughs> Vegas, <laughs> baby, as long as everything uh, plays out at the reverse logistics association conference and expo that's February 6th through the 8th, I believe, uh, is that uh, maybe the 7th through the 9th, uh, Amanda, if you can confirm that for me. And if you could also drop the link to the RLA conference and expo in the show notes, uh, Kevin, one of the big reasons we have continued our work with RLA and continued to invest in uh, conversations around returns and reverse logistics is, is, is largely because we love Tony, but and Tony is who leads RLA. But more importantly, the topic, the topic uh, and the practices around how we handle returns and the reverse side of supply chain is only become much more important, right? Yeah. So how did I get on that on that assignment? You know, my son lives. <laughs> My son lives like four blocks from the strip in, in Las Vegas. We're going to have to talk. I'll talk with your agent uh, this afternoon, Kevin. <laughs> All right. What is y'all check that out and check out the link we put into um, the, the, uh, the, the chat here in just a second. We'd love to see all of y'all out in Vegas. Finally. All right, so it's, you know, it's eight degrees up in Indianapolis today. Today is the national championship game. Uh, some of our teams are big. Uh, some of our team members are big fans of the University of Georgia Bulldogs. To include, you recognize the guy on the far left here, Kevin? Yeah, that's the uh, salesperson extraordinaire. <laughs> Man, Clay Clay has uh, has been making it happen for months, and uh, so neat to see him and some friends, obviously up in Indianapolis, rooting on their Bulldogs as they look to win. I think their first national championship in. Uh, 41 or 42 years. I can't remember, but hey, we're with you there in spirit and stay warm. And Kevin, that might include a few adult beverages because <laughs> they got to keep that body temperature warm, right? Yeah, yeah. It's medical necessities. Medical necessities. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. Safe travels too, Clay. Really important. I uh, hope you all have a wonderful time up in Indianapolis. Okay. Well, before we get into the news of the day, Kevin, yeah. uh, we should also say, and we're going to say hello to a, a lot of folks that are in the uh, – 
the uh, Skybox is here today. We're so thankful for that. But so we got to give a big thanks to Amanda behind the scenes helping to make production happen. Mm -hmm. But Amanda today is joined by Chantel. Chantel King is who is with us here today on our first day with Supply Chain Now team. Isn't that right, Kevin? Wow. You know, this team is growing so, so big. It's so great to have uh, this uh, new blood, new spirit. Maybe I can learn something from Chantel. <laughs> lots of ideas, lots of expertise, and we're looking forward to all of her contributions. So welcome to the team and the show here, Chantel. Okay, let's say hello. Let's see, Jason T. Hopkins. Now, Jason Kevin is a Bama fan. I think he's in the D.C. area these days, uh -huh. but, but I think he, 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 was, he was raised in Bama. But regardless, I know he's a big Crimson Tide fan. Kevin, let's put you on the spot. What, what's your take if you had to pick a team <laughs> – Tonight. Wow! Wow! Uh, I'm sorry. It's it's uh, no contest. I'm going for Georgia, man. I'm going for Georgia. <laughs> okay, Jason. I was born let's get your call. Atlanta, you know, that's right. I so keep forgetting. I gotta go it. with Georgia. I can't go. I can't go with Alabama. Come on, you're making me look Jason. bad. <laughs> Jason, great to have you here today. T squared, who holds down the fort of course, <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube says, "Hey, bundle up, folks. It's cold." But please bring on the nourishment. It's coming. We got a lot of stuff to get our uh, work our way through here today. T squared. Uh, I think this is Helene, and Helene via LinkedIn. Great to have you here today. Tell us where you are tuned in from. Uh, great to see you there. Hey, Helmut is with us, and that may be. I wonder, uh, so Kevin. That might be Helmut. What do you think? Uh, Helmut. Helmut. Yeah. Well, it's it's German, though, isn't it? Well, he. It, so we're friends on social, and I really enjoy his content he puts out there, especially on LinkedIn. So I should know this already. But Helmet, let us know your first name. How is that supposed to be pronounced? Uh, and regardless, good evening from France. He says, happy, new, crazy supply chain year to all. He also says, great to have you here via <laughs> uh, LinkedIn. Hey, Peter Bolet, all night and all day is back with us. Uh, Peter, congratulations. Kevin, uh, uh and I think I can say this um, because our world, our ecosystem wants to celebrate with Peter. He's he's kicking off what I think is going to be a wonderful new opportunity, helping a friend's oh, wow. business. And imagine, um, imagine Kevin, if your buddy could benefit from your say, you know, three decades of procurement and supply chain prowess. How cool is that? Go help your friend. And both of you become a millionaire. That's great. <laughs> I like how you think, Kevin. It's good stuff. <laughs> Peter, great to have you here today and looking forward to learning more. Thomas is tuned in via LinkedIn. Good morning to you, Thomas. Max is back with us. Happy New Year, everybody, he says. Uh, Max from uh, down in Mexico. Great to see you, Max. Gene Pledger. The year of the tiger, right? What's that? The year of the tiger. Yes. Don't you hear uh, Rocky just running in right now? <laughs> uh, Gene Pledger is back with us. Gene of Northern Alabama. I, I bet I know who he's pulling for, Kevin. You think? <laughs> you never know. You don't. Uh, you know, Northern, Northern Alabama is kind of close. Well, that plus, you, you know, SEC's got all kinds of different, you know, allegiances throughout the, really throughout the country. And of course, Bama, yeah. you got Bama, you got Auburn, uh, you got some Georgia pockets in there. Who knows? But I bet Gene is a big time Crimson Tide fan. Uh, all right. Shah Who's Karen voting for today? Oh, man. 
I think she's all you. I think she <laughs> has. A, so as many of y'all may know, Corinne Bursa, who Kevin's talking about, is host of our Tech Talk Digital Supply Chain podcast. Now she is a Auburn um, graduate, and you know Auburn has got a big rivalry, of course, with Bama and with Georgia. So so, but I think she's pulling for UGA, Kevin. I believe. You think so? I think so. so. Okay. Shashi, good morning to you. Tuned in from LinkedIn. Now, Kevin, I should know AE. Um, I wonder if that's UAE, and maybe we have a character cut off there. Yeah, that's probably UAE. Shashi, let us know where you're you're tuned in from. Maybe there was a flag that 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 didn't get converted yeah. over, but let us know, Shashi, where you're tuned in from. I'll tell you, that's a, that's a beautiful area of the world. It really uh, is. And lots of innovation taking place in that oh, part yeah, of the Oh, yeah, tons globe. of innovation. Yeah, I work a lot with the uh, Middle East and North Africa Cloud Alliance, and I, I learned so much from them. Mm. Um, all right, really quick, we've confirmed the dates for the RLA Conference and Expo. That's February 6th through the 9th. We've got a link there in the show notes. Hey, Mohib is back with us there in Wichita, Kansas via LinkedIn. He says, good morning. Finally, I got a chance to sneak in for the live stream. Mahib, we're expecting big <laughs> things. You don't have to sneak. Just walk in the front door, man. <laughs> right. Hey, Sophia is tuned in today uh, via LinkedIn. Sophia, hope, hope this finds you well. It is so uh, great to see your content and your thought leadership across social. I saw your one of your latest interviews, I think, in Logistics Magazine. Uh, so, Sophia, great to see you here today. Roger Carr. Ever been to Greenville, South Carolina, Kevin? Oh yeah, actually, I did. I I flew down to Greenville from Norfolk. You know, I used to I used to be a pilot, <laughs> and I flew into Greenville, and um, and uh, it's a beautiful town. In fact, I drove down there for the eclipse that was a, a few years ago down really? down to Greenville. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful area. Well, I learned something new every day. Uh, Jason had to come back with a roll tide. So just <laughs> FYI. Uh, well, hey, Roger, great. So great to have you here today via LinkedIn from uh, Greenville. I should say, uh, Cheryl Huckabee, Washington. Greetings from Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. Exciting possibilities in the supply chain management innovations. I agree with you. Oh, the possibilities. The possibilities. Let's see. Mohib is uh, sharing good morning. Uh, I guess it was Chile. eight. Chile wins, huh? Yeah, negative eight in Wichita, Kansas last week, I think is what Mohib is sharing. How about that? But that's negative eight Celsius. That's a big difference. Uh, oh, man. It's not Fahrenheit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, Mohib is sharing a little you math joke. <laughs> All right, a couple quick more. Uh, Marlo's tuned in from Dallas, Texas via LinkedIn. Great to see you here, uh, Marlo. Um, uh, Jabril is tuned in from France, also via LinkedIn. Great to see you here, Jabril. Anthony Page from sunny San Diego via LinkedIn. Great to see you. Uh, finally, Andrew, Orange County, California, also tuned in via LinkedIn. Well, good morning and good afternoon, everybody. And I got one one quick clarification before we dive into our first story here, Kevin. I didn't give I didn't get Peter's experience factor right. Forty three years ago, uh, he's right yeah. back. He says Peter says starting where he's right back where his procurement and supply, and supply chain journey started forty three years ago. So this is, I think this is going to be a great story 
that Peter uh, is beginning to write once again. So we're going to have to check in mm -hmm. on the one and only Peter Bollet as he, uh, he makes a big impact. I can only imagine. It's a huge crowd here today. Wow. There is. I, well, I think, you know, folks, it's a new year. There's lots of news out there and, and supply chain and elsewhere, and they're raring to go. You know, supply chain is a yeah. place to be. So hopefully we'll keep seeing the activity because, we, we, folks, we want to get your feedback on these stories and these topics we're going to be talking about here today. And, Kevin, are you ready to dive in? Let's do it, man. All right. I got my suit on. <laughs> well, up first. So I want to kind of, um, as we as we roll into the new year on the supply chain buzz, we want to bake in a few more kind of did you know uh, factoids in our conversation. So as you know, Kevin, one of the most talked about challenges in supply chain over the last year or so, if not a little bit longer, semiconductors, computer chips, yeah. been quite a crunch. Check this out, though. According to our talented friends over at Visual Capitalists and, and folks, Mark that, write that site down. A great resource, powerful graphic, just like the one here. Um, did you know that the market, did you know about the market makeup in the chip industry? So get this, Kevin. TSM, TSMC, right? Taiwan, uh, Taiwanese based manufacturer, well, they lead the market in terms of uh, market share 54%. One company, 54%. That's followed by Samsung at 17%, Global Foundries at 7%. And then a variety of the companies make up uh, the remainder there. But get this, and you can you can barely just, I couldn't get the whole graphic in on the same page, but um, if you look at the market share by country, Kevin, Taiwan, of course, that would make a lot of sense. They make up 63% of the global market, 63%. South Korea Ooh. comes in second at 18%, and China comes in third at 6% of the semiconductor computer chip market share and the rest of 13 percent spread across the globe now one final note before i get kevin's take here um uh, obviously the u.s has made several u.s and private companies along with government support has made several big you know, broken broken ground on some big initiatives to reshore some of this production i want to say back in as uh, it's been about 1990-ish or early 90s since the u.s had a had a had a good chunk of the uh, global manufacturing of computer chips and whatnot. But Kevin, what when you see things like this and you see numbers like this, what comes to mind for you? Well, you know, most people think about computers when they think about semiconductors, you know, your your tablet or, or maybe your smartphone, you know, everybody using the smartphone. But I, I think of things that really hit me close to home. Like, I like rice. And did you know that rice cookers can only cook rice perfectly because semiconductors control the temperature in those rice cookers. So without, I couldn't be able to eat my rice without um, semiconductors. And, and air conditioning during the summer, you know, temperature sensors are in the air conditioning from semiconductors. Um, digital cameras, television. I can't have clean, you can't have clean clothes because semiconductors are in the washing machines. You can't eat because they're in the microwaves and the refrigerators, bank ATMs. The, even the network where you do remote medical care uses semiconductors. And from a professional point of view, the efficient logistics systems that save energy and promote the global environment. I mean, did you know that 
the LED bulbs that, I don't know about you, but I just replaced a lot of bulbs with right. LED bulbs in my house to save energy. They are semiconductors. <laughs> I mean, everything in your life is a semiconductor. It really, it, it, it touches everything and it's only going to continue. Uh, the immersion in uh, humanity and global society is only going to continue as we want more features and more conveniences on every single device. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe toothbrushes will be able to brush our teeth without us <laughs> even touching them uh, at some point soon. Who knows? Um, you know, toothbrushes probably have semiconductors also. Some yeah. of them. I, I know my <laughs> I know my wife has a smart brush. Um, yeah, I can't remember the name of the company that has really uh, risen. And she'll have to drop in the comments because I can't hear her either. She, she's shouting from around the corner. <laughs> but um, folks, computer chips, semiconductors everywhere. And uh, we'll see kind of how the uh, the supply issues continue to linger into uh, this year. Okay, so Kevin, let's keep on driving here because we want to move. You know, manufacturing again is going to be a big theme of the show here today. Um, we're gonna. Oh, hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. We've got okay, a little drop-in guest. Yeah, we got to back up for a second. We got. I got to back up for a second. I got to share two comments. Mohib says, I need one of the chips embedded in him because he could use all the help he can get. Hey, <laughs> be careful what you ask for, Mohib, is all I'm going to say. Be careful what you ask for. How do you know it's not embedded into you when you were born, right? right. Under your skin, Mohib. <laughs> it's, it's the matrix. It's the matrix. But get, hey, we have a little drop-in guest. Greg White hey, is with Greg. us in the sky boxes. So Greg says, how about rat traps? Do they need semiconductors? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I don't is that know. his own problem? <laughs> zip, I'm going to zip that. No way to keep. No, Greg, great to have you here as he's in, I think, the South Carolina uh, headquarters for supply chain now, hopefully hearing some shrimp boats and some other things as he, as he tackles his project this morning. You're missed, uh, Mr. White. Okay. Uh, and, and Amanda also dropped Quip. Quip was the name of the company for smart toothbrushes and medical equipment. Yeah. All right. So let's talk, let's, let's get back to manufacturing. I want to talk about, um, let's see here, the latest U.S. Man manufacturing activity numbers. They're in, Kevin, for the month of mm -hmm. December, at least the ones via IHS market. Now, okay. they showed a slight decrease in December from November activity levels. And some of that could be expected. Some of it maybe would be unexpected. But a couple observations, at least according to the folks over at MarketWatch. Material shortages and supplier delays. If we've heard that once, we've heard it a thousand times. That's not a surprise, right? right? right. New orders, Absolutely. new orders, Kevin, they rose slowly, but they still rose. But it was at their slowest pace in terms of the rise, the increase in all of 2021. And those work backlogs also increased, but again, at the slowest pace in 10 months. Now, one final thought, Kevin, I'd love to get your, your take. Some of mm -hmm. that could be business owners you know, trying to get rid of all the inventories that are not carrying that over into the new year, and they, they protect, they, uh, protect uh, cash flow, which is a great thing. Right, right. Um, but what else sticks to you as we, as we talk about manufacturing in December? Well, um, Unfortunately, I, I think we're we're ahead uh, right at the beginning of another big drop because I was reading this article um, 
and about um, a half dozen manufacturing execs out of Canada said, uh, and he, this gentleman, Dennis, uh, Dennis Darby, he's the chief executive of Canadian manufacturers and exporters. And he said that uh, many manufacturers were short staffed between six and 9%. And that the uh, Denise Allen, the chief executive of food producers of Canada, maybe this is a Canadian thing, I'm not sure, said, that many of the companies are being short-staffed because of uh, Omicron, right? Um, and that rapid testing is what they're trying to use as a front-line tool to keep their staff there. And it's not just the staff getting sick, but they're coming in contact with people that are sick and those that are parents have to figure out who stays home with the kids because of school. There's such a uh, patchwork of in-class, you know, at-home learning. So, I mean, that's going to hit manufacturing in a, I don't know how. Right. Agreed. Um, agreed. And, and um, you know, beyond, and I can personally relate to some of those things you were talking about. You know, Kevin, we were without mm-hmm. a, um, before the kids broke for, um, December holidays, we were without one of our family vehicles and we were tr- trying to figure out how to make things work with like a two seat vehicle, which doesn't work with three kids. So the juggling, <laughs> the juggling, we had some cars rented. We had, we probably Ubered sometimes. I mean, but you know, when you think about, uh, our manufacturing workforce and, and, and how they have, have got to figure out a way like the rest of the r- workforce to juggle all of that, get through the latest variant. You know, go out and and hopefully get their you know vaccination or booster or whatever. Deal deal with life, right? All to get back in and and keep production going. Uh, no shortage of curveballs, um, but big thanks to all those folks because this um, even though technology is prevalent everywhere in global industry, you know people still make global supply chain, including man- manufacturing, move forward. So uh, hopefully we get through this this latest. Um, it's not, it's not Omicron anymore. It's whatever, whatever the late, la- what's the latest variation? Well, I heard this company called, um, what, um, uh, Deltacron. It's a mix between Delta and Omicron. <laughs> Man. What are you making things up? This is like bad <laughs> Hollywood sequel purgatory, purgatory or something. This is not <laughs> yeah. a good spot to be in. Well, I wish we could move, you know, Kevin, from this story and this conversation around COVID and the latest variation to some to some better news. But we've got some equally uh, challenging news to get through in this next story. I'm going to dive right in if that works for Mm -hmm. you, Kevin, because we're talking Intel. So let me tee this thing up. I'm looking forward to getting your take here. Um, Again, continuing this manufacturing theme here today. Um, now, this story from Supply Chain Dive, this and Greg White, if you're still with us in the skyboxes, I'd love to hear some more of your take here. This story got a lot of uh, Greg Greg's attention uh, last oh, week. Yeah. Anything about China, Greg is on it. <laughs> Greg is on it. So Intel <laughs> added language. So, so in a nutshell, Intel added language to its company-wide supplier requirements that calls out its prohibition, the company's prohibition on, quote, any 
human trafficked or involuntary labor, end quote. So that's good news. But in Intel's 2020 corporate statement, which I think came out in May 2021, the company specifically references Xinjiang province in China. Uh, even though Intel doesn't source any products or goods, they, they referenced Xinjiang, I think, as an example of what they're trying to avoid, where in Xinjiang province, the state, U.S. State Department has not missed words. They have uh, claimed that, quote, widespread state-sponsored forced labor and intrusive surveillance forced population control measures and separation of children from families, mass detention, and other human rights abuses amidst ongoing genocide and crimes against humanity, end quote. That is per the U.S. State Department of what's going on in Xinjiang province. So even though Intel does not source, again, from that province, it does employ about 10,000 employees in China. China did not appreciate the Xinjiang reference in that corporate communication and um, to the tune where Intel basically apologized and removed the verbiage. Now, I'll just, I think one uh, for me, and I'd love to get your take here, Kevin. Yeah. All of this stuff in the news, even though it, you know, that you got corporate politics, semantics, uh, all this stuff going on, it keeps the travesty in the news and, and, and the travesty needs more awareness, right? That's how we're going to get action of uh, against human trafficking and modern slavery, wherever it exists, China and, and plenty of other places. Um, but Kevin, yeah. what's your take here in this Intel story? Well, last time I checked, maybe we need to check Google again, but Intel is an American company, right? And the uh, U.S. president, Joe Biden, signed a bill that banned all import, imports from Xinjiang uh, province. Uh, and that in, includes things like cotton and tomato products. Um, but Sam Club, you know, your, your Walmart has got caught in a similar issue because um, they apparently, uh, China thought that they removed Xinjiang sourced products from their app, from the Sam's Club app. Well, well, I don't know what Walmart is doing, but they said that there's been a misunderstanding. But, you know, people have to understand that these U.S. companies have to follow U.S. law. Um, and also there's real public pressure against these, these companies. The Council on American Islamic Relations on Monday urged the Tesla CEO, Elon Musk, to close their new showroom that was just opened in in that region, saying that they were supporting genocide by having a a Tesla showroom Mm -hmm. there. Uh, And a large number of Uyghur um, uh, Uyghur, uh, people actually practice Islam. So this is a very important uh, topic, both legally and socially. Agreed, agreed, and and um, you know we've we've got a lot more heavy lifting uh, to address it wherever it exists, whether it be at China or you know Kevin, you 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 mentioned um, in pre-show a variety of products that uh, were part that were kind of given an asterisk for folks to do a little more homework on to make sure that. Oh. Uh, I don't know if you've got that list yeah. handy, but it, it's, it is a wide variety of, of 
maybe every week or every day products that you use, maybe without even thinking from cabbage yeah. to cereal to broccoli and that all but might yeah, have implications. The of, yeah. The Bureau of International Labor Affairs actually puts out a list of products that either have forced labor or, or child labor from countries that, you know, you know, people, everyone talks about China and no, no offense to uh, Greg, uh, but there are other countries where this is uh, being done. I mean, in El Salvador, for instance, coffee um, it has child labor involved in it. Um, the cashews coming out of Brazil, uh, carpets out of India and Pakistan, uh, bricks from Uganda, that the cabbage was from Paraguay. Um, so there's a there's a, a lot of things that you wouldn't even think of that really have child labor associated associated with it. Yep. So this is a global issue. Um, corn out of the Philippines, uh, cotton out of Brazil. So um, textile. So so this is a big thing. And we really have to put a focus on it to stop this forced labor and, and child labor. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, um, you know, cobalt, the mining of cobalt uh, in Africa and other places. Uh, I've, I've heard lots of allegations there, use of, of child labor. Um, so we, we, we do. we got to take action about it. Uh, but everyone has a role. You know, whether you're in industry, whether you're a practitioner, whether you lead a global supply chain, or if you're a consumer. You know, you're you're supporting or making choices. You're voting, as I've heard it put, with with your your dollars. Um, right. So it's incumbent upon all of us to um, really, as a first step, get to know the problem and become much more aware and read up. That's that's kind of uh, what I've been doing here in, in recent months, um, which with resources, which I'll touch on here in just a second. But um, I appreciate your comments here, and uh, we'll keep an eye on you know this whole thing with Intel and how that. Uh, how that continues to play out in um, months coming up. Okay, let's take a few comments here. Um, Sophia, going back to COVID and how I couldn't remember the latest uh, variant. Sophia says, at the end, it's all COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it's all COVID. Yeah, you're right there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Cheryl Huckabee Washington says uh, re she's rethinking just in time for more resilience and agility, at least for now. GIT machinery with the pandemic threw some problems into the lean principles. And she's kind of, I think, referring to the manufacturing industry. And yeah, mm, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Sophia, oh gosh, you, you got your sense of humor cap on. I can feel COVID oh, really? breathing in my <laughs> neck, chasing me, she says. <laughs> uh, now, Roger, and I'm not sure what company Roger's with, but uh, he says that maybe he's with the laboratories. Our labs are testing 70,000 samples per day. How about that? I'm assuming those are those are COVID tests, um, Kevin. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing. I mean, um, but we're still behind, right? right? That's right. And these people, are, you know, some people on one side are saying that we don't want to test because we don't want to know. But, but, I mean, I think it's important to know. Yep, agreed. To that end, uh, Kevin, on a, but on a different spin, it's important to know 
that list of child labor products list that you referenced a second ago. We've already we've mm -hmm. dropped that in the skyboxes. Thank you for doing that, uh, um, Amanda. That is from uh, the Department of Labor. So I appreciate you pointing that out, Kevin. Um, let's see here. Back to COVID. Mohib says, is someone trying to sell more vaccines? I already got my third dose. <laughs> Alpha, beta, delta, gamma, bring it on. I'm ready for a good fight, Mohib. Great to <laughs> love hearing that. We're in a worldwide fight. That's right. Um, Shashi is going back. So it was UAE, I believe, is where Shashi's okay. tuned in from via LinkedIn. Uh, UAE is reporting very low cases, which is overwhelming in spite of 20,000 tests, a test. Uh, here recently some things they are good and i mean disaster management set up by the leadership so i think what shashi is saying is that um um they've been able to mitigate it based on their um management disaster and, and maybe the healthcare uh disaster management yeah. plans by the country's leadership so good stuff there shashi uh i know we're bouncing yeah, around a little bit the, Go ahead, yeah, one thing about the testing i think people really need to understand it's not the testing is, isn't really about if you are sick or if you have COVID. It's about the prevention of spreading right. COVID in, in the community so that, you know, you know, then you stay home and you don't bring it to your workplace or to your, your school. So yep. the testing is about prevention. Agreed. And contain and containing things. Containing. Uh, Peter Bollet, going back. I know we're bouncing around a little bit, folks, but hey, it's a Monday. And, and, and between COVID and and trafficking and modern slavery, you know, a lot of folks want to share yes. a lot of things about it. So, but Peter Bollet uh, says, any place there is extreme poverty, these things basically can take place. Mohib says, uh, slavery, human trafficking, global problem. He says we have forced child street baggers back in his country. Um, Let's see. Uh, and then finally, Roger, uh, Premier Medical Laboratory Services. Uh, it must be who uh, is processing all those uh, those 70,000 samples each day. Many, he says, are required testing for employment or travel, but they've had a low positive rate. That's great news, Roger. Really appreciate you sharing. And so <laughs> one final note here. Sophia wants to clear the air she does not have COVID, so <laughs> feel free to uh socially me media mingle with sophia mingle with you can text kill. the keyboard with sophia that's right <laughs> <laughs> all right one, one more thing, uh, another thing that i've heard you know you learn things every once in a while and now the uh, uh pediatric hospitals are getting a big influx of of patients and uh, a large number of children have COVID, but they're not coming to the hospital for COVID. Right. They're coming to the hospital for a lot of other things, but as part of uh, their um, uh, uh, being checked into the hospital, they are testing for COVID, finding that a lot of the children have COVID. So this is why testing is important. Yep, agreed. Okay. I want to move right along. Uh, you know, we like take we, we're big believers here in supply chain now of not just lip service leadership. You know, it's easy to get caught in lip service when you're in the content creation business. You know, we do podcasts, mm -hmm. live streams, webinars. That's what we do for a living. But we try to pair that uh, and and beyond providing a learning opportunity for our global ecosystem, we try to pair that with opportunities to take action. 
And one of the things that we have invested in this year or in recent months is the 2022 Global uh, Supply Chain and Procurement Awards. Uh, around here, uh, internally <laughs> coined by Greg, uh, the Skippies <laughs> for Supply Chain <laughs> Procurement <laughs> Awards, right? All right, but kidding aside, we've partnered with Hope for Justice, a leading nonprofit whose aim is is a pretty sole one. It is to eradicate uh, slavery and human trafficking wherever it exists. I want to point out this factoid, which I got from Hope for Justice. You can learn more at hopeforjustice.org. Did you know that one in four, one in four victims of modern slavery globally are children? Going back to Mohib's point, children. Goodness gracious. Uh, so y'all check that out. Check out non-for-profit, uh, not-for-profit, for Hope for Justice. And again, it's about taking action. You, I want y'all to check out uh, our Supply Chain Procurement Awards site and event. It's just that easy. May 18th, which is just uh, four months away. Uh, we're going to be celebrating a lot of successes across the globe and across global industry via nine different awards, Kevin. But the cool thing and my favorite thing is we celebrate that good news while we help create more awareness for what's going on when it comes to slavery and trafficking via the partnership we've got with Hope for Justice. And we are using the event as a means of, of uh, providing financial assistance to Hope for Justice. So any company anywhere in the world can be nominated for one of the nine awards. And again, supplychainprocurementawards.com. Kevin, every yes. single dime of those nomination fees are being donated to Hope for Justice, along with any, you know, if any sponsorships, if we, if we create any kind of sponsorships as part of this event, we're going to uh, send off a portion of those proceeds as well. But, but the good news, every single dollar from the nomination awards goes to Hope for Justice. I'm getting a question. Yeah. Is this going to be virtual? Yes. For May 18th, 2022. And we may have a small, um, you know, a couple of keynotes, um, maybe here in Atlanta. Uh, but yeah, the, all the attendees will be tuned in. The nominees will be tuned in. The uh, acceptance speeches and whatnot, all that will be virtual. And it's free to attend. But you've got to register. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Simplicity, as we've established, Kevin, it's a beautiful thing. Supply chain, right. procurementawards.com. Nominate your company. Nominate your supplier. Nominate your customer. And register to attend. So I think there's a small charge to nominate, which is getting donated, and it's free to attend. So join us there. All right. So, Kevin. Like you say, like you say, be the change. That's right. right. This is the way that you can be the change that our industry needs to march jointly arm in arm into the future. That, you know, that is such a, a great point. And, and to that end, it's tough to be the change when you're not in the know. And, and that's where we're really impressed with Hope for Justice um, and all the resources and their, uh, the research and the action they're pouring into uh, their mission. So hopeforjustice.org, check them out. And uh, if there's any questions y'all might have around the event, around the partnership, you name it, uh, of course, you can reach out to Amanda, Amanda at supplychainnow.com. Okay. So, and it looks like we've already dropped the comment in the skyboxes there, which is wonderful. Um, all right. So, Kevin, yes. we got a few extra minutes here. We got a few extra minutes here. We're, we were too efficient today. 
We are too efficient. Wow. <laughs> yes. And Cheryl, I'm going to get your comment in a minute. It looks like you're doing some really cool things in the manufacturing uh, space. But Kevin, digital transformers, which if you, if folks, if you're viewing this, you see that kind of right over his right shoulder, that infamous yes, microphone. Um, you know, we had a very successful 2021. We're moving into fast and furiously the next, the kickoff to the 2022 programming at digital transformers, which you lead. Give us, tell us, what what are we? What's coming? What's 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 next at Digital Transformers with Kevin L. Jackson? Well, first, I would be remiss if I didn't thank you, the audience, for such a welcoming for our inaugural year. I mean, when it started in January of, of last year, I didn't know, you know, really we were trying to determine what the format would be, what the topic would be, what we would talk about, even, you know even if uh, the audience would be interested in digital transformation. But, you know, you have voted with your clicks, you have voted with your downloads, and we've had tens of thousands of downloads of the show uh, across our inaugural year. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Um, and our, our latest show, which is really a departure. I tell you, I almost had to break Scott's arm <laughs> to do the last show on the, the business of esports and where we talked about the metaverse and the, and the virtual world. Um, and that show just went over a thousand downloads since we published it in, uh, in late December. So, uh, so, so thank you very much. So what, what's coming up? Well, this year, we're going, we're, you know, we're already international, but we're, we're really going to uh, take a big leap internationally. Uh, one of our, our first shows in, in January, we're doing in conjunction with the Middle East and North Africa Cloud Alliance with the large companies like um, AWS and, and Palo Alto talking about how that region is digitally transforming all of the in industry verticals with cloud computing. So we're gonna talk about the um, convergence of all of these technologies and how they're being used uh, by entrepreneurs and innovators across North Africa and the Middle East. Uh, we'll also have a awesome alliance with AT&T Business, who is now a official sponsor of Digital Transformers. And we look forward to having AT&T Business executives and clients talking about how they are transforming industries with advanced telecommunications and 5G technologies. So they'll, they'll be on, yeah, 5G is everywhere. So they're going to be on um, often, as, as well as uh, another partner, Technogen, which is going to be focused on uh, cybersecurity. They have a large presence in India um, and in the United States. Um, and we have other surprises up our sleeve. So if you want to stay on the leading edge of your industry, follow Digital Transformers. 
Don't miss a show. I tell you, Kevin brings it and got some of the best guests that uh, cup that that partner with his expertise and experience in one of the most important aspects of global business today, not just supply chain, but global business, and that's digital transformation. Um, so, Kevin, thank you for sharing those sneak peeks, and we welcome all of those partnerships as we continue as, as we take the conversation uh, even more global than it already is, and we yes. uh, love our partnership there. Um, you know what, Kevin? I just got reminded in my ear that we have left out a key story and, and we've got a couple minutes here and I, and I found this to be an interesting one. Uh, I'm going to share a couple quick comments here. So, so before okay. we talk about vaccines in Africa, which is really intriguing, Cheryl says that she's working on starting more manufacturing and IT incubators and accelerators here in the States. Tell us where Cheryl, uh, um, I can't remember if you told us where you're tuned in from, um, when he came on, she says that she's worked with them in the EU with great results. And there are so many innovative entrepreneurs in need of a shared workspace and mentoring for long-term success. That's an excellent point, Cheryl. Love to hear your work and we'll have to learn more about it. Um, yeah, Hel absolutely. Helmut, I'm with you going back to COVID. I hope we can stop talking about C that he, he says <laughs> soon. I'm He's with you. Lead, right? I am He's with pushing. you. Uh, Mohib says that he just checked the list. I think it's the list that Kevin shared. And he says, my country is famous for child labor in at least 10 categories. Refraining from buying Bangladesh RMG products will definitely put pressure on the sector to resolve these issues. Excellent point there. And look here, Clay Phillips checking in from cold and frigid <laughs> hey, Indianapolis. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to put Clay on the spot and ask him for a score like I did uh, for Kevin. <laughs> but I uh, hope this finds you well, Clay, and, and safe and warm and enjoying the time. Okay. So, Kevin, we got to knock out one more story that I found really interesting. Okay. Uh, let me show this visual here. So, you know, Kevin, one of, the, one of the shows we do here at Supply Chain Now is Supply Chain Leadership Across Africa. We've been doing it for um, probably over a year now with our dear friend Jenny Froome, with Sapix, who's who is based in South Africa, and mm -hmm. just last week, I think we just published it today. Uh, so Amanda, get ready. Maybe with the link, we can put the comments. We featured Azuka Okeke of Nigeria. Um, I don't have it right in front of me, but I believe she's CEO of a of the Africa Excellence and Supply Chain Management Organization. I think is the name of her association. But regardless, oh. she's making it happen. Right, she's making it happen based in Nigeria, but really across the continent. Um, and one of the things we talked about, Kevin, was the real the big importance of increasing local manufacturing in Africa. Did you know, Kevin, that Africa imports across uh, of the entire continent's population, ninety nine percent of the of the continent's population, they import all those vaccines. Ninety nine percent of the vaccines that are used across Africa are imported. So, that, so naturally, this has gotten a lot of attention, especially with COVID, which has really elevated uh, the challenge uh, yeah. when it comes to distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine. So industry leaders across Africa seem poised to do something about it. An effort was launched in 2021, and as this article via uh, mm -hmm. DevX uh, points out, led by the Africa Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And its focus, Kevin, is to have 60% of all vaccines used on the continent to be made on the continent by 2040. So about 18 years from now. 
So, you know, we talk a lot about um, here in the States, we talk about nearshoring and reshoring all the time. But, you know, it's really interesting to look at that through a different prism in a different locale and right, also look how right. important it is for Africa to really stand up its manufacturing industry and do do some of its own reshoring, right? Yeah, absolutely. But there's a, there's a lot of initiatives in that area. Uh, and I heard, I also know that a, a Moderna factory um, is being set up in conjunction and partnership with France and Germany is being set up in Africa. And there's also like a 600 million euro investment for this firm in South Africa, Aspen Pharmacare, to, to uh, produce Johnson & Johnson vaccines. So, I mean, there, there's a focus on it. People are working, but, you know, just like everything else, it's an all-hands effort. And we may need to do, we probably do need to do more. Agreed. We're not out of this. We can't stop talking about that C word and, <laughs> until we're all vaccinated. Yeah. Um, well, and one of the quick point there about um, even with all the technology in manufacturing, and, and of course, you can find plenty of technology and innovation in Africa, and you can also find in Africa, which also uh, I think will help the effort, is a plethora of talent, right, yes. in Africa. So I'm looking forward to seeing kind of the progress that's made as as Africa, like many other uh, locales across the globe, look at um, at at standing up and investing uh, in in growing its manufacturing sector, whether you're reshoring or starting uh, greenfield um, uh, operations. Now, uh, one of the things I think really helped is the um, economic zone, the continental economic zone that was set up uh, last year. You would be surprised at the barriers that are put up uh, to commerce because of the uh, different currencies across the continent. And by actually uh, uh, providing an easier way to exchange currencies, or even maybe eventually eliminating the different currencies across the continent, you can... Uh, eliminate the barriers to things like manufacturing and, and supply chains. Okay. You think um, so along those lines, when, when, when I hear things like that and single currencies that immediately meet, takes my mind to the EU, do you think there's mm -hmm. a potential similar play across Africa like uh, the EU done has done across Europe? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, that, that economic unity union it would be very important and critical to manufacturing and supply chain. Okay. All right. I, I love, I love how you put your futurist hat on almost without us <laughs> even thinking uh, and knowing. So I love that, Kevin, uh, a couple of quick comments. So <laughs> Peter, so as we established clay is up in frigid Indianapolis, where I think it goes eight degrees this morning. Uh, Peter says, Hey, Google on site long johns. He's giving him some, <laughs> some onesie, onesie long johns, <laughs> or maybe yeah. onesie long johns. That's right. Um, okay. Jason Hopkins says he enjoys listening to you, Mr. Kevin. I'm glad they invited you today. My goal is to join you all one day by doing education transformation. How about that? Hey, I like that. Yeah, let's do that. Absolutely. I'm putting that on the list. <laughs> You're on the on the production schedule. And you didn't even know it, Jason. <laughs> T. Um, let's see. Back to Africa. Uh, Michael says that we did a study abroad in South Africa several years ago, and it was eye-opening seeing the lack of infrastructure 
and how that made it difficult to distribute um, countrywide. We've, yeah, we've, we've talked about that quite a bit in, uh, in the um, um, Africa-focused series and all the installments. In fact, uh, Ramatu um, Abdul-Kabir, I think I don't have her, her information right in front of me, but, but she talked about how as part of the COVID vaccine distribution, that they had to get products across certain rivers um, across Africa. And in, in some cases, mm-hmm. there was literally no bridge. And so th- those are uh, those are things that other parts here in the states we take for granted. You know, this infrastructure bill that was that's being passed, I guess, well, that's really addressing current infrastructure, current bridges and overpasses that are there in place. Well, in Africa, in some places, you know, uh, that is not the case. And especially with some of the remote aspects of the di- distribution, those are bridges they've got to uh, uh, build uh, a bridge, rather, both uh, literally and uh, figuratively. Okay. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I believe you um, actually, I mean, we're talking about the, the show, uh, the show that's coming up in May, but um, Andil Nkabe is one of the judges uh, on the show, and he's big in, into focusing on improving the um, logistics and infrastructure uh, across the entire continent. Agreed. Uh, and, 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 you know, um, that will be a big part of just how quickly these initiatives like the manufacturing investment, how quickly that can, that can take off, you know, as, as we monitor just the gains they make in the infrastructure. Um, all right. As we get close to wrapping here, I want to, um, one of the comment. So when, when I'm, uh, talking with my dear friend, Jenny Froome, who's based in Johannesburg, South Africa, you know, we've got to, we, we oftentimes, whether we're doing a show or having a conversation, we've got to kind of just work through some of the power issues that they've had. They, they continue to have there. And Michael points to that. Michael says, in addition to the lack of roads, South Africa had rolling blackouts where certain sections of the city would go dark at different times throughout the day. And if the company didn't have generators, well, operations would have to come to a stop. That's, that's quite a challenge to work around, isn't it, Kevin? Yes, absolutely. Electricity is needed for everything, just like refrigeration, right? Right. That's right. Um, I'm not sure who this user is here. Um, it could be Korai. Uh, Korai Kose may be with us. Uh, we'll see if Amanda can confirm that. But he or she talks about how, going back to COVID, that's why this Australian tennis conversation is so conversational or so controversial, rather. And that was Hannah. Hannah, I'm sorry. Uh, this is Hannah. Um, Kevin, it has yeah. been quite, uh, Djokovic, that is quite a situation. I don't know if you've been, uh, if that's been yeah, on your radar. I, I didn't hear what the last latest, uh, result. I know he was in, uh, uh, again, court yesterday in Australia. I don't know if he got kicked out of the country or, or, or left, but I mean, we are truly a, a global society. And if you don't believe it, just look at the news every day. Right? right. Anything that happens in one part of the world affects not indirectly, but directly affects what goes on in other parts of the world. That's right. So, you know, we, we all have to stand up to our responsibilities as a global citizens. Agreed. Now, if we could just integrate the regulations as we've seen, you know, we've seen it play out. We, we yes. talked uh, um not too long ago about the impact that's had on the ocean freight and ocean freight workforces. 
how yes, because there's a lot of in um, incongruent policies as it relates to different vaccines and different and different regulation there. They they haven't been able to to offboard the ships in some cases over a year. Well, hopefully, you know this has been a um, this has been so new on so many different levels, and I think it's also to your point, Kevin, because of the global nature of society, it's thrown a, us a loop for how we can unify that so that we right. can we can bridge some of these gaps in policy. But uh, we got we got still got more, more heavy lifting to do. Um, we work together, right? We got to work together. Absolutely. Uh, and Peter's giving us a quick update. <laughs> Apparently, the judge has reinstated. Djokovic's, I think it's his last name, Visa. Yeah. And he Peter also points out Australia has locked out the world since the beginning of COVID to limit it. Um, okay. One final comment. Good good news, I think, comes from Roger Carr. Roger says, we're trying to establish uh, lab-in-the-box units for mobile labs in Africa. And, and some of the issues that they're having to tackle there is a lack of stable power so roger hey keep fighting the good fight it's good to hear and appreciate what you and your teams are doing okay yeah. kevin we are over wow. over We're time over and i know you've got uh, i'm keeping you from a busy busy day i pr really appreciate you uh <laughs> subbing in uh for no, greg white today I really enjoy this uh, audience. That's why I love love something. Just call me anytime. Well, I will. You know, it's it's really cool to be able. You know, if Magic Johnson can't suit up, we get Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, that is really cool hey, to have. But, yeah, but you know, I'm on. Somebody said he wanted to listen to me the third Monday of every month. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Just come, I'm Catch. here. <laughs> Catch Kevin L. Jackson on the third Monday of each month on the Buzz, where we it's a digital transformers, a technology themed version of the show with some of the best guests, and we're looking forward to that kicks off just in uh, two weeks from today, right, Kevin? Is it one week? The seventeenth? Oh, is it seventeenth? Okay, I'm. I, hey, you know me and my dates. <laughs> if I don't have my outlook right in front of me, I am confused. But uh, hey. Kevin, big thanks to you for joining us here today. Folks, big oh, thank thanks you. for, hey, keeping the conversation full and informative. Uh, the Skybox is full of comments here today. Uh, Cheryl says, best sub. Stay on the sub list. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I got that. a vote. I have a vote. <laughs> <laughs> um, big thanks again to Amanda and Chantel behind the scenes for helping to make production happen here today, folks. Hey, you got a week full week out in front of you, challenging you here as we're signing off today. Scott Luton, Kevin L. Jackson, the whole supply chain now team, challenging you to do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. On that note, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Hey, thank you, thank you. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.